This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're taking a minute in episode number 69. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, this is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and I am here with episode number 69 of the podcast. And I just, I guess maybe because 69 is culturally such a kind of a funny number, I find myself finding, I really can't believe that I'm here and thinking, well, maybe I should do something clever about relationships. And we are going to talk about relationships, but I'm not going to do anything clever. But in today's episode, what we are going to talk about is, is what, what to expect with life after baby, or maybe how life changes uh, after baby. And I did several episodes ago, I did a podcast episode on the reality of, of life in the newborn weeks. And I think that that's an important thing to look at, exactly what to expect in those hectic and crazy weeks with baby. But another thing that's important to look at is what what is life like after you have a child? And this is especially pertinent for those of you who are expecting your first baby or you're on your first baby right now. But I think that there are things that we even quote-unquote experienced moms can get from taking a minute to think about this and to look at life because each each new child that we add to our family, whether it be through birth or adoption or a stepchild or anything like that, they change the dynamics of our family um, and they challenge us. They require growth from us. They require uh, us to adjust to them and to adjust our lives around them and for them. And they also they require us to evaluate kind of what's essential and they give us the opportunity not only to become a better parent and to learn but also to uh, to become a better person for yourself and so we'll talk a little bit about each of those things so I was trying to think you know how how does life change after a family what changes and one of the biggest things is your time and so we're going to talk about that first but we'll talk about your time yourself your work your family your relationship and then just some overall tips for what to expect in that time before I jump into that uh, those of you who listen to the podcast new every week I apologize because I didn't get this podcast out on time last week so I'm actually going to try and double up for you this week so you'll get two podcasts because I'm just I'm really excited about everything that we're talking about um but last week was just crazy there's a lot going on behind the scenes at naturalbirthandbabycare.com just a lot of tech issues that unfortunately they require attention for some things nothing with the with the recording um of the podcast in and of itself really though I've had some technical issues with the computer I recorded on but really just a lot of backstage server stuff and that took a week out of my time but hopefully in the future Scott that's my husband for those of you who don't know Scott will be able to help some with some of that and then I've got a nice tech team at my hosting company and so hopefully we're getting all this smoothed out and I'll be able to get the podcasts out on time and again as always I just I apologize 
I apologize for the weeks that I miss a podcast, and I apologize for the the double-decker that you're probably going to get this week, but hopefully you'll enjoy both episodes. Now with that, let's move on to talking a little bit about what, you know, what do we expect? How will our life change after we have a baby, have a child into our family? The biggest thing is that your time is no longer your own. It's just, it's going to change. You can't... You can't do whatever you want whenever you want. I will admit that probably one of the biggest things that I daydream about when I daydream about those days pre-kid is I I usually, uh, sometimes I think back to my high school days. For those of you who know my story, um, you know that I, I had my Cassidy after only a little bit of college. Um, so... When I think back to my adult days without any children, it's college because I didn't really have any time after college that I didn't have any children with me. So I think back to those college days and and I guess what I think about the most, in addition to the fact that I loved I loved school, I love learning, uh, which is one of the reasons why I love teaching about birth and babies because there's always so much to learn. There's always new things that we're finding out. But I loved learning. I loved being in the libraries and stuff at, at the school. I liked taking most classes, not all, but most classes. But but what I remember the most fondly was that with the exception of my classes, and I, I had a full schedule but not like a seriously stressful one. So I remember a lot of time that I was just able to be free to kick around the dorm or I was actually really into technical theater very different than what I've ended up doing with my life but I spent a lot of time in the in the scene shop and backstage at the theater uh, and just in the theater building there were actually three theaters in the performing arts building at my school and so I spent a lot of time there just kind of kicking around and when I think back to it I mean that was a pretty carefree time I felt stressed then but I have a lot different perspective now. And I think just about how much freedom I had to do whatever I wanted with myself. And I wasn't accountable to anybody. And I, I had, you know, I worked in the scene shop. So I had hours for that. And I had my class hours. But really, it was pretty much the life. Oh, and the other thing that I think about was that I just had to walk to the cafeteria. And there, there was my supper. And whether it was fantastic or not, I mean, it was usually passable. I, I our school cafeteria, campus cafeteria, was was pretty good. But, you know, I just, just now I think about it and I'm like, oh my gosh, all I had to do was stroll over there, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and there was somebody there to serve my, my meal. It's just this, oh, I didn't realize how good I had it then. Okay, but so that would be the other big thing. But really the time, your time changes. You just, you don't have that much time. And you don't have that freedom of time and that freedom from responsibility when you have, uh, when you've got little ones or even a little one, suddenly your time really isn't your own. Now, if you're lucky and you have a nice leisurely nursing baby and nursing is comfortable for you, you still have a lot of time to put your feet up because you can just read your book while your baby's nursing uh, and just enjoy that. I've gotten a lot of books read while babies were nursing. 
But that time usually comes to a quick end and you're chasing a toddler around. And I always think that there are benefits to routine. We're going to talk about uh, routine and Smart Mama Happy Baby this week. Um, and, And I teach and talk about routine a lot for moms who are really stressed and frazzled because I feel like it's helpful. But the reality is, is that your time is no longer your own. And even if you create a routine that gives you some time, it's still within that boundary of knowing that there's another person who needs you. You're always on call for that person. That person could get sick and you need to take care of them. So your your time really goes away from being your own. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. It forces a level of maturity. It forces a level of awareness. And I think that as parents, that's very good for us. I think that becoming a parent is one of the best things to do to force one to grow up, though some parents never do grow up. So obviously I'm not advocating for people who shouldn't have kids to have kids just to get responsible. But a lot of us find that we become more responsible after we have kids. And one of those things is that, um, is that, you know, you just, you don't have that time that you did just to do, to determine what you wanted to do and go do it, to be spontaneous or to be really lazy for a day though often babies like like it when we're lazy for a day because they kind of just lays around with us so if we would allow ourselves to have that then uh, our babies would allow us to have it but expect that time is going to be different you yourself you're also going to be different and this is this is on many different levels how we change after we have a baby. One thing is our body physically changes for those of us who are moms um, and who have gone through pregnancy and breastfeeding. Our bodies change physically. And even even if you adopt your baby, all of a sudden there is a, a lot different physically going on with you. First, you have to haul this small person around, whoever that small person is, but also, you're, you're not going to get as much sleep, uh, probably, at least for a while. And the demands, as we talked about a minute ago, the demands on your time are different. So you yourself are going to be physically different. And sometimes that's tough. With my first three babies, I lost the baby weight pretty much as soon as they were born. And as far as I can remember, I pretty much bounced back right away. You know, I could fit into my pre-pregnancy genes right away and everything was really simple the only thing that really changed was I all of a sudden you know I had a little bit more cleavage because I had nursing mama's breasts but otherwise it it was pretty much just bouncing back however after my last four babies it's definitely been very different and it's felt a bit like a struggle um it's it's felt a lot like a, a lot more like a struggle after Sadie I just I felt like I was healthy during pregnancy with her, but with Sadie and Corwin's pregnancy both, and honors really, I gained more weight than I ideally would have liked to, and I really just felt like um, after this pregnancy, I had a hard time with my self-image. I will be completely honest. It's like I, during my pregnancy with Corwin, I was really diligent to keep uh, my abdominal separation the diastasis which I've talked about some on the podcast before keeping that closed because I had a really big diastasis after honor was born at that time I didn't really understand any of that it wasn't until I was in extreme pain after honor was born and my midwife told me why and what was going on that I did the work to heal that up and and to get out of the pain the pain was just 
it was really bad. Uh, and I needed to do something to take care of it. So I was really aware of it during my pregnancy with Corwin. And I really didn't have any separation whatsoever. Well, I wasn't quite as diligent with with my pregnancy with Sadie. So there was more of a separation. Not extreme pain like there was after Honor, but still a separation there that I wanted to get taken care of. And so I really wanted to jump right back into doing the Tupler technique. The problem was is that the splint that I wore... Uh, pretty shortly after giving birth to Corwin just wouldn't fit at all to hold those muscles together, which is one of the things that helps them to heal, just because there was a lot of extra padding. And some of it, you know, was just floppy skin from giving birth, but some of it was extra weight, literally extra padding. And, And I'm not sharing that to say that there's anything wrong with it. I'm sharing it to say that it was something that I felt really sensitive about, and that has been a challenge for me. And Sadie's three months old, three and a half months old as I record this, and uh, and I'm still, you know, nowhere near my pre-pregnancy weight. I got 20, 25 pounds to go, and it's, it's challenging to me. Um, I think one of the reasons that it's challenging is because I have a teenage daughter. So I see her flitting around, you know, in this perfect little teenage daughter self. And I mean, obviously, she's not flaunting anything. She would be embarrassed probably if she heard me saying this. But it gives me an always present reminder of what I quote unquote used to look like. And I know that you know uh, that regardless of how much we want body image not to matter, Sometimes it does matter. And so what I'm saying with all this is that our bodies change physically and you can expect that it will take time. I tell the moms in in Smart Mama Happy Baby and the moms who ask about it in Mama Baby Birthing, because sometimes I have moms ask about it while they're pregnant, is that, you know, it took nine months to put the baby weight on. Give yourself at least nine months before you really start worrying about taking it off. And I try and follow my own advice, but I do realize that it's tough and getting settled into this new mom skin is tough. Now, some of the things I think are an advantage, a lot of us moms like the little boost that breastfeeding gives to the chest. A lot of us moms, um, or especially a lot of daddies, like the little spread that childbirth and and carrying a baby pregnancy gives to a woman's hips it's maybe it's considered matronly or maternal but I I think that men find it attractive and many of us women I mean before I had Cassidy I had like zero curves (laughs) and now I have curves and I really like that Uh, I just I embrace that femininity that's there in those curves and knowing that it's that womanly body and so when you look at how you yourself change There are physical changes that you can enjoy. There are physical changes, like I shared, that may be challenging. There's a lot of mental and emotional stuff that goes on with that, too. And I talk about the physical first, not because it's the only thing, but because we do need to be realistic and say that, hey, this does impact me. This does have an effect on my state of being and on my sense of well-being. And if it doesn't, I mean, like I said, with my first three, I just didn't really even think about it. It didn't matter, but it does now. And if you're at a place where it matters, then I want to acknowledge that for you and help you to realize that that might, uh, that might have some impact on the way that you feel emotionally uh, and mentally. So after a baby's born, 
when we're thinking about you, it's also normal to feel a little bit overwhelmed. It's normal to feel a little bit foggy, to feel like you aren't quite as sharp or maybe on your game or with the program or whatever little colloquialism we want to use. You might feel like that in regards to Um, in regards to you and your baby and taking care of your baby and just taking care of and handling life in general. You might feel a little bit foggy. Now, if you have persistent feelings of being really overwhelmed or being really foggy, uh, if you feel like everything's hopeless, those are signs that you could be struggling with some postpartum depression. And it's important to acknowledge that and it's important to seek out help if you need it. That help might be talking to your doctor, it might be talking to a counselor, it might be talking to a wise friend who's really helpful, and I'll I'll share some more about that in a minute too. But I, I want you to be aware that when you're looking at you overall in the time after your baby's born, and I'm talking about three days, three months, three years after your baby's born, um, you know, th- look at those things for possible warning signs if they're there. And address them and also realize that there's there's a lot going on. You're going to change. Your self-image is going to change. You're going to feel self-doubt. I would guess that moms and dads too, we feel self-doubt from pregnancy probably all the way until our children are grown and then maybe even into adulthood. I would like to think that at this point my parents don't have a lot of self-doubt about how I've turned out or... Um, or Scott's parents are, or, or Scott's mom really, is not in doubt about he's, how he has turned out. But, um, but when a child is in young adulthood and is just finding their wings and just finding the way that they're going to be, there's probably some anxiety on the part of the parents. Did I do a good job? Did I teach them well enough? And so consider that this... This sense of anxiety, this sense of, am I doing a good job? Did I do a good job? Did I do the right thing? That sort of questioning yourself, second-guessing yourself, becomes normal. I want you to give yourself some slack and realize that you have to let go. This is one of, this is one of the most challenging things for me as a mom because I guess I want to be perfect for my kids, and I'm far from it. Uh, and Scott frequently encourages me that I'm doing a good job and that I need to give myself some slack here. But, but realize that those feelings are normal for a mom. And again, if you need help, ask for it. And, and, I, and I'm going to talk about how I reached out for some help here in a few minutes. But other things that might change... So we've talked about how your time and then yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, how all of that might change. And then your work might change too. So if you're a working mom who works outside the home, maybe you're going to continue to work outside the home. Maybe you're going to come home. Uh, Both of those, there's going to be changes. Maybe you are a work at home mom and you decide or you decide that you're going to work at home. I mean, all of those make changes. And even if you decide that you're going to be just quote unquote, just a mom and take care of your little ones and maybe do volunteering or maybe you're going to homeschool and not try and juggle homeschooling and work like I am. Whatever it is, there's going to be a change. Chances are there's going to be a major change in your professional identity. And I just encourage you to look at that. 
and look at what you need honestly. Um, what is really important to you and what you need to help yourself feel balanced and to help meet your little one's needs. And this is this is part of the thing that for me has been uh, a big thing for me with Sadie's birth. So I and I know I'm sharing a lot about me in this one, but I've I've been through so many babies and seen so many different perspectives, and I guess I just want to share in case it helps with you. So forgive me if this episode is a little bit self-reflective, but um, but so I've run natural birth and baby care here for a decade now, and it has it has definitely had its seasons of of going stronger and then really slowing down a lot usually when i had a new baby it was slower except for ec posts i'm always able to get elimination communication posts up when i've got a new baby but usually it really slowed down um and one thing that really was different this time around and and after corwin's birth too but i guess on corwin's birth I, I was recording mama baby birthing classes and that's really was my big thing and recording is actually pretty easy to do with a little one but typing is not always so easy to do with a little one but um but when I was pregnant with Sadie um, my website had suffered some dropping in the Google rankings so I had gotten less traffic um, in 2014 2014, 2013 is when it really dropped in the rankings. So I was getting a lot less traffic and then it took about a year. Finally started picking up again. Thank you those of you who have shared my website um, because I certainly think that its quality is better than some of the options that Google might think are best. But we won't talk about that. Um, but but my website went from a slump to, to being on an uptick. And then last summer, so almost a year ago now, um, it really started taking off and especially mama baby birthing classes really started taking off and I started getting a lot of a lot of students I got a lot of students in the summer and then in the fall I got a landslide of students and so I really I had a lot of student interaction going on which is super energizing things were going well in the business the search engine rankings were looking better people were talking about the site on social media the podcast was doing well again I thank you so much those of you who have shared my site on social media who have shared the podcast with your friends it means a lot but what was going on was that things were really looking up and I was doing a lot Um, I released the great pregnancy live series because I had a lot of questions especially about great pregnancy and things were just going really well and I felt like it had a lot of momentum and I wanted to maintain that momentum so I worked really hard when when I was in in January the last month before Sadie was born to get things scheduled and set up for about six weeks after Sadie was born So for about six weeks after Sadie was born, things were going really smoothly. That momentum was maintained. Then we got to the end of six weeks, and Sadie is a pretty intense kid. She needed a lot of of work. Um, I really, really, really felt torn because I really, really, really wanted to be writing and recording and teaching. And Sadie was grumpy. Uh, She wasn't what I would call an easy baby. Uh, isn't what I would call an easy baby. She just, she she needs somebody to be with her a lot. And so I was feeling torn between my desire to to do work, which is, this is kind of what I do professionally, and to, to be there for my baby. Um, and what, what was happening was usually I would be able to work while my baby was napping or whatever, but it felt like Sadie would nap and then I would need to cook or I would need to clean or I would need to tend to the other children's needs and then Sadie would be awake and she would need me. And I kind of felt like I was getting lost in all of that. And 
like a lot of people, for me, what I do, quote unquote, professionally, forms part of my um, identity. And it, it also, I love my work. So it energizes me, it refreshes me, it engages me. I love, I love serving through what I do. And so it gives me, it's an aspect of me that's important. And I know that for some of you, going to work is just about making money. But for some of you, it's also personally fulfilling. And finding that balance is tough. And this is where I reached out to a friend who uh, who has a lot of great wisdom. Um, she's She's been here on this planet for a while. And she's raised up her own children. And she she's also been in the privileged position to work with families all over the world world in many uh, NGO kind of situations. So she's seen a lot of families and a lot of interaction. And she really encouraged me first to, to look at what I really wanted uh, to be able to do, like in relation to working and in relation to caring for Sadie. And secondly, she helped me see that I would get really anxious if I gave Sadie to somebody else and Sadie was fussy. Then I felt guilty that maybe I shouldn't have let Sadie sit with somebody else and I felt like the other person was going to be getting upset with her. And so my friend just really helped me kind of to look in the mirror and see that Sadie was picking up on my anxiety, first of all, and and that I was ignoring a lesson that I shared with parents myself, which is that you, you need to give other people, especially daddy, in my case also my, my older children, the chance to to have them get to know Sadie and to figure Sadie out and to figure out how to interact with Sadie and give Sadie the chance to get to know them and to be content with them. And that's only beneficial to Sadie. I mean, of course, I still nurse Sadie as much as she needs to be nursed and I cuddle with her and stuff. But if I hand Sadie to somebody else to keep her happy for a half an hour or an hour or whatever, I'm not being a bad mom. And, um, and just having somebody else help me gently see that, it made a lot of difference to me. Uh, and it helped me to understand, it helped me to understand what needs to change professionally and, and where I need to realize that it's okay to make adjustments so that I can continue to do something that helps quote unquote refill my tank. Because having a full tank is important. So when you look at how work is going to change for you after your baby. And and this looks so different for so many women. Some women like me choose to work at home. Some moms want to, they reduce their hours at work and work part-time. Some moms want to work full-time or some moms need to work full-time. But when you look, look at how you can meet your baby's needs and meet your needs too, especially in a professional context, and realize realize that it might mean some sacrifice on a professional level. I mean, I could do what I do for 40 hours a week, maybe even 80 hours a week. Uh, but I've got children, Sadie and my other children and my family that need me. Think about, think about what changes might need to be made. Um, and be honest with yourself about what you need. Be honest with yourself about what you can sacrifice. And and find, if you can, a happy medium. And if you do decide, like I did, that you want to let other people take care of your little one for a little while uh, during the day so that you can work for a couple hours, maybe for a whole work day, then find a care provider that you trust. Be that family, mine's all family, or somebody else that you bring in from the outside or maybe a home daycare or a nanny or somebody like that. But make sure that you feel comfortable with them and confident in how they can care for your little one. And you can do the work that you need to do. And another thing to realize about that is that it can be freeing. 
it can be freeing because you're able to put the work aside when the work time is done and fully devote yourself to your little one. Family changes too after little ones come. So when you think about your relationship with your uh, and let's talk mostly about kids right now because we'll talk about relationship with uh, with your husband or significant other here in a minute. But things change with your older kids. And this this is natural, I think, and it's a good thing that that relationship with kids is constantly changing. And that's something that even if you don't have any kids right now, I want you to take out of this is that that things continue to change. And in the early years, what you need to realize is that that's most important is that you're a guide for your child and you're here to help them discover and learn how to to get about in the world because our our children don't know they don't know how to interact with society they don't really understand um how to how to plan or anything like that they don't understand really how to think logically about anything and they won't for a long time but our children just they are such open books and they need so much guidance and that is your place as a parent we've been doing a parenting class in smart mama happy baby and that's one of the things that I've really been encouraging is that it's okay to be a parent. It's okay to be a guide to your child. And that's that's another way that you're going to change. That's another thing that you need to expect. Expect that you will need to teach your child pretty much everything. They will learn to walk on their own. And they will probably pick up talking on their own. But you have to teach pretty much everything else. You, you need to teach them how to eat neatly. You need to teach them how to appreciate and enjoy food. Um, you need to teach them how to interact with other people. You need to teach them how to sleep well. You need to teach them how to handle frustration. You need to teach them so many things. Uh, you truly are your child's first teacher. And you continue to be a teacher to your child, even if you don't choose to homeschool or anything. You are your child's teacher. And that's a good thing. It's also a really big role. I mean, it can be really intimidating. And and so things, things just change. And they change with new children because you've learned how to work with one child. And a new child might have a very different temperament and personality. And so you have to learn to work with that child, too. And it's important to realize that this may happen, that, or, or that it's important to realize, I guess, I don't know exactly what I want to say, but that it's okay. It's okay for things to change when a baby comes along, when a new baby comes along. It's okay for your identity to change to that of a parent. It doesn't make you a big blue meanie. And it's okay for your relationship with an older child or older children to change when a little one comes along. It's okay to expect more of your child as they grow. Another thing that we've talked about in our parenting class in Smart Mama Happy Baby is to have goals but not expectations. So have goals for what you want to teach your child and help them to discover, but ex don't expect that they will get it right away. And that that's okay. It's okay. And it's something that it's probably one of the most frustrating things about parenting is having to teach the same thing over and over and over again. But it is good to realize that your life is going to change and you're going to have to spend a lot of time teaching the same thing over and over and over again. Relationships can also change after baby comes. Uh, I think even the strongest of marriages find that 
having a little person or little people who are dependent on you can be very exhausting and it can be straining uh, to a marriage for purely physical reasons and that you're really tired or that you feel really frumpy or whatever and that you know you're just not as interested in having the normal physical relationship that you had pre-baby and then also I mean there can be resentment like when you feel like why aren't they helping more or why aren't they stepping up to the plate if they don't want to help take care of the baby and doing more of the housework and those sorts of things are all really challenging and then there there are like finances and stuff can get strained and all of that can really strain a relationship so it can be challenging and it's I think that the most important thing is to remember that you really love this person um, and remember that even if it's hard to share or hard to communicate what your needs are, it's good for you to do that. It's good for you to say, this would really help me. And it's also good for you to take a look at yourself and see, you know, where am I, where am I my own stumbling block with my relationship? This is especially true if you're struggling with things like resentment. So I'm resenting that they're not helping. But have A, you either not asked for that help, or B, are you critical of that help, or C, Do you hover and micromanage when that help is given? If any of those things are true, then A, you need to ask for the help. And B and C, you kind of need to back off uh, and you need to take the relief that you asked for when you asked for that help without feeling the need to micromanage it uh, or to try and handle it. And, And remember with relationships to... To do what you need to do to nurture the relationship. So for another personal example, for me, uh, we were having Sadie, newborn babies, they, they tend to stay up a little bit later at night because they're not having a regular napping schedule yet. And so Sadie was up with us until we went to bed. And I was, this was the toughest period after she was born. And one of the things that I knew that would help to change would be if... I could get her to bed. So even if that meant that I had to lay down with her for a little while, and I especially did for about a week after I made this decision, but even if I had to do that, I knew that laying down with her for 20 minutes to get her to sleep and then being able to get back up and just being able to have some me time or some time for Scott and I to do things would really make a big difference. Now, that wasn't something that I could do, you know, when she was like two, three weeks old, but... But, you know, once she was 10, 11 weeks old, that was something that I felt more comfortable with and I felt was necessary. And so what you can do is you can look at your life and look at what will help you. You know, can you go out with your young baby? Young babies are sometimes pretty portable. Can you guys go out for dinner or can you just go for a walk? Taking a walk with Scott is something that's really important to me too. And if Sadie is awake and needs to go with us, well, then she can go in the baby carrier and she can come with us. Or you could put your baby in the stroller and your baby could go with you. Um, So there are just different things that you can think of and different things that you can do to nourish your relationship. Make time for that time as a couple. And you may not feel comfortable with the babysitter yet. We don't feel comfortable with the babysitter yet for Sadie, for, for me to leave the house. But I'm okay with somebody else holding her and walking with her while I spend some time with Scott. Or I'm comfortable having her sleeping in the bedroom while we come out front. Think about those things that you can do to help nourish your relationship. And again, 
If you need help for you, if you're feeling confused, if you're feeling scared, if you're feeling overwhelmed or worried, then you reach out and you get the help that you need to take care of yourself. Again, it doesn't have to be a doctor. It doesn't have to be medication. It may mean like I did talking to somebody who can help point out what she sees in your life and some changes that you could make that can end up being quite life-giving to you. But do what you need to do to take care of yourself. And with that, my Sadie is getting a little bit cranky, so I am going to go ahead and take care of her. If you have any suggestions for the podcast or would like to leave a rating, I always appreciate those, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.